Heavy Metal Culture Clash with Geoff Thorpe from Vicious Rumors and Thomas Metal Moser from Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hi. Hi, y'all out there. <laughs> Hello. Back at the Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Yet again, another episode with uh, me, Mr. Bad English, Thomas Metal Moser here on my side. And the idiot calls himself first, obviously. And uh, to my yeah, almost left-hand side, it's the metal god from Wishes Rumors, Jeff Thorpe, guitarist, mastermind, he heavy metal podcast expertise. Well, man, it's, a, it's an <laughs> honor to be here, Thomas, with you again, my friend. Thank you. No, no, no. Uh, your cash is always welcome. Let's come. <laughs> Keep it coming. Yeah, always welcome. <laughs> could, could, I need a pen. Did you mind if I... Will you take a check this time? No. You remember what happened to your last couple of checks? I no, do. No, no, no. I no, do. No. That's why I wanted to try. Is heavy metal a business where you can still make money, Jeff? Tell me, because I'm not in this business like, like you are. Well, it is. Yeah. It is. Mm -mm. How, um, how do you make money without selling CDs nowadays? What, you know, it is, but you just have to, it's what you have to sell to make the money is the hard part. And that's your soul. So if you're willing to sell it, yeah, there's money to be made. Remember Black Sabbath, we sold our soul for rock and roll. And it's it's never been truer than <laughs> in 2018. What would you not do in order to make money mm. in this in this business? Um God. I know I, it's I would, tricky. I'm good. Man, I'm good. I'm you're, good. You're a tough one. I'm tonight. on a roll today. Man, you are. <laughs> okay, I really admire the fact that the sabotage guys were able to come up with this Trans-Siberian orchestra thing. Yeah. Because yeah. because they attach themselves yeah. to Christmas. Right. Okay. Right, exactly. So marketing-wise, that is just genius. If you can get people to associate you with something like that, yeah. okay, that is a moneymaker. Okay? But I think for you, Easter is still free. I'm thinking Secretary's Week. <laughs> I was going to go with Secretary's Week. I didn't even know what that is. <laughs> okay. We don't have that. Away. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, but but at the same, but it's great. It's two idiots and one 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 <laughs> the same thought, you know. But 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 you know, for me personally, if I when I think about heavy metal, if I had to wear a tuxedo and come out and play Christmas songs, I'd probably just chew my arm off. I don't care how much money I'm making. I don't know, but I still think it's brilliant yeah. that, that they assert, that they were able to do that. So yeah. so it, it takes being creative. It takes. Um, you have to also create some demand, but um, you gotta you gotta be on top of your merch. You gotta be. Uh, I think merch is really important. That's it's the main thing yeah. for for metal bands. I uh, think it really yeah. is. It really is. You know, and uh, I've you know I've been blessed to have a record deal most of my life. Um, honored to continue to tour and perform and do great stuff like this these podcasts with you after all these years, I, you know, I just want to take a second and just thank all our VR fans and listeners and all my colleagues around the world that have, uh, you know, helped create this, uh, thing that should have never happened. I don't have, I don't have violin sound. Hang on. <laughs> I need to look up in my card. Dude, <laughs> I love you. I truly do. But the funny thing is, like, you know, I talking about merchandise and everything. I had uh, Phil Campbell here the other day 
uh, with his new band, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, which is pretty much family related. Cool. I mean, there's, he's got like two, three kids playing in there and, uh, friends and kids, friends, you know, whatever. And, uh, somehow for some reason, I'm, I just, on the top of my head, I just asked him like, dude, who's got the rights to all the merchandise from Motorhead? Wow. He, was, he was kind of surprised. Yeah. You, you just him. got, like, my eyes just got big when you said that. I'm like, who? whoa, that's a great question. Because I was really, because I didn't, first of all, I didn't expect him, I, I expected him to say some sort of company. Yeah. What, whatever that I wouldn't even know. That's what, that was my expectation. I would think so, too. And then he goes like, well, uh, he, he was kind of overwhelmed, I think, by the, by the question. But he goes like, well, uh, uh, me and Mickey D uh, have the rights to the Motorhead merchandise. But I couldn't explain how. He didn't say, he didn't go into any, any more detail because... Uh, well, Lemmy must have made that happen. But that, I, I don't know. That's, to me, that the, that's, that the, that's surprising that the, to me, though. Is that the inheritance? Yeah. How much rights must Lemmy have got? Was the correct English? No. Well, how, how much uh, would he have retained or something? I, I would have thought that in his final years, he would have just sold as much as possible. I, I don't know. Of I, all the rights, anything? Yeah. But that's just, you know, that's just my business side being lame. and <laughs> thinking, thinking about just the money. But, uh, <laughs> because but, when I go, I want all the merchandise back, even the stuff I sold. Okay. <laughs> I want it back, and I'm bearing it with me. Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> dude, it's not gonna happen. I got some okay. news for you, but okay. But still, you know this merchandise. I mean, Motorhead. Yeah. This is a brand. It's a fashion. Oh, it it's is. It's the snuggle tooth image. Just alone, it just sells. Oh, absolutely. Millions and millions and millions. It still sells like a motherfucker. Sure, and will. Yeah, it will for all eternity. Yeah, they keep the spirit alive and they keep the money rolling in. I think it's. I mean, that's fantastic. That's that's kind of what. To me, the reason that doesn't even sound right is because yeah. that's the way it should be, and, yeah. and it just never works out that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I wonder you know, about Maiden. Oh, my God. Just think about the Maiden merchandise. Whoever's got those rights. Oh, man. This is better than winning the lottery. Oh, yeah. Way, way oh, better. Yeah. Countless there's, designs. There's only, there's, only, yeah, yeah. there's only two bands where I go where, I would, where I'm willing to pay 35 euros, which is like 40 bucks, for a shirt. Mm-hmm. It's Maiden, and it's not Vicious Rumors. No, <laughs> no, no it, it, it maybe Kiss, for whatever reasons. I'm still, I'm, I'm getting a shirt all the time when I see them. I, I cannot just go walk by, pass by Eddie, without just, you know, taking one with me. They, and plus, they make the best shirts ever. They always look good. I mean, they always have some great Eddie yeah, shirts. And they have and like stuff. 20 different motives. Yeah. And you need to get them all, but you cannot because it's fucking expensive. But they make millions oh, yeah. of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just made up some really beautiful uh, 30th anniversary Digital Dictator shirts. And we have a brand like new- Like silk scarves and shit. At, 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 well, there's one, the pink edition. No, no. <laughs> We're keeping it metal, man. Uh, this is some metal, heavy metal stuff. Man, we also have a new DVD- that so we're trying to wrap uh make some packages together for people because like you said i mean the merchandise is the only, is really yeah. the way the band survive yeah. so we've put together like some really great stuff for our upcoming tour that's what you do when you go see bands you support the band by buying their merch and it's a hard way to go i mean uh i i basically you know told the kids you know they're going to be sold and <laughs> and you know that <laughs> 
I'm thinking about all my tour shirts that I have acquired over the years, and it's been, you know, it's not that I started in the 70s, but I started in the in the mid 80s uh, uh, buying shirts. So I got the 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 Raining Blood tour shirt from Slayer, which is a classic. Uh, I got the the root of all evil shirt from the South of Heaven tour, the tour afterwards, which is a classic. How many heavy devil. metal shirts do you have in your closet that right now? That is a way good question that I couldn't even really answer. So it's like much. the Smithsonian of heavy metal T-shirts at your place. Ah, it's not all metal though. I got to be honest. There's a lot of rug in there too. Well, yeah. that's great, man. Yeah, but still, still, I got some. Probably, I probably could go half of the year. Without uh, wearing a t-shirt twice, mm-hmm. uh, I think even more. Full year, I'm not sure, but I got some real mediocre ones too that I gave, like some a scorpion shirt from uh, I don't know whatever this record was called, Human Nature Record One or whatever, or Hour One, and it's the worst sh- f- band picture ever <laughs> in flames. So you go like you never want to wear this, but it's a uh, it's just uh, I don't know. I have one shirt I wear it three hundred days a year. It's the uh, <laughs> Wayne Newton Sandy Duncan Christmas album shirt. And uh, when you have a shirt of that caliber, there's no need to wear anything else, Thomas. I mean, you know, it's funny because on eBay at one point, I think it happened several years ago, a tour shirt from 1973 from David Bowie sold for like three thousand dollars. Oh my god! That's when I kept when I decided I'm gonna keep all my shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna throw it away. Back then, I, I didn't throw it away. Back then, I'm not gonna throw it away now. Yeah, never ever. I mean, my wife gives me hell about that. I said money. Uh, I said honey. It's, it's money. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is just pure. You know, you just gotta keep that stuff. Oh yeah. Have, Plus, uh, it's like you know, just being a fan, like how. It's against every bone in your body to get rid of those shirts. Oh, totally. (laughs) You know, know, it's just not right. I have them all in my closet, and uh, I look at them once in a while. Put just take them out, look at them, and it makes me smile. Oh yeah, and it makes me happy. You know, maybe not sexually happy, but happy. You know, in any other way. So well, well, it's still early. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, but uh, I got a couple of really, really bad shirts too. Okay, I gotta admit, when I'm in Japan. It doesn't matter what, what band I'm, I'm going to see. I have to buy a shirt because it's all with Japanese tour dates. Yeah, that's cool. Obviously, I ended up with a shirt from Nickelback because I went to see them. And I, I got to admit... Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Thomas, the whoop, whoop. What's going on, bro? Whoop. I mean, Nickelback are friends. I have to go and see them. I missed them like once when they played Munich. Yeah. And uh, they're all right. I mean, Chad is strange, but all right. You know, and uh, we supported them ever since. So I gotta go there. And uh, this is a shirt I brought back home, and I've we're still I've friends. Never we're still thank friends, you very bro. much. I appreciate yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I, I never, I don't get out of this right now. <laughs> not, not alive. I know. <laughs> How did I get? Uh, anyway, I was trying to talk about. Hey, somebody bought those fourteen, you know, twenty-four million records. Now, no, no one, everyone says they don't like them, yeah. but somebody bought all those millions yeah. of albums. Yeah, that's true. Oh, what's the last record you bought? You actually really bought. See, Thomas, I'm kind of like crime, and crime doesn't pay. <laughs> um, so there must be some record that's so valuable to you. No, actually, you go like I'm actually paying for this. I was in a, kind of a mom and pop store, and I bought the newest Flotsam and Jetsam record. Really? Yeah, and I just wanted to check it out. All right, and um, you know, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, back, again, when I'm back in Japan, I buy all the vinyl that I can uh-huh. get a hold on. 
And uh, it's getting more and more difficult because uh, all the other tourists know their, their stores too. And so all the vinyl is, if it's not gone, it's expensive as shit. Okay. I went to a store in uh, Kyoto. There used to be one used record store. So a secondhand store. And it's packed. But it's already like, you know, sorted out pretty much, you know, all the good stuff's taken. So one, one flight of stairs higher, there's a new one. And I went in there and they had a perfect copy of Somewhere in Time from Iron Maiden. Oh man. I think it was in Japan. They had, we have this wrapping around this obi, it's called. And in Somewhere in Time, there's an extra interview seven inch in oh, there. Oh wow. Extra. Uh huh. This record. Costed seventy bucks. Really? I didn't buy it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I was I was saying like seventy bucks is what I would demand from you if you bought it off of me. Okay. <laughs> but right. it's not it's not that's not the price I'm gonna buy it. You know, because I have to buy it, fly it over, and then yeah. demand fucking seventy bucks. There's so many little tempting things in metal and rock. Like when you're a fan like that and you come across something like there's there's part of you that doesn't even care almost right it doesn't even you know that it's you know, know you know you shouldn't you know it's yeah. you know you don't need it but <laughs> you just want to have it yeah a friend of mine he always uh, he's always at the summer breeze cool he's got a way bigger record collection than i do and i think and i'm not gonna say this loud i think i think he's gonna he actually even knows more about metal than i do the, the summer breeze is an awesome heavy metal festival in germany by right it's in the south of germany it's uh the second uh biggest to wacken okay next to wacken okay right? we always trade we always talk you know to Greg is what did you buy bob where did you get this from blah 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 and so at the summer breeze last year he was there i was there and uh, i i came one day late and he was already there he goes like dude i bought so much I don't have any money anymore. And my family and I were going to Italy like in two days. And he had, he spent all the money pretty much on, on whatever there was to buy oh, oh. from all heavy metal goodies that there were. And, uh, <sighs> ouch. Yeah. I think there was a, sorry. there was a little twist in the family, but sorry, uh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how far they made it into Italy. I don't know. It's, it's amazing, but that's, that's how addicted you get to all this stuff. I, I always tell my friends, man, back in the States, you got to come over to Europe and check out some of these festivals, man. It's just badass. Those really badass, yeah. A lot of times at those stores, too, like at these little, those little festival shops, sometimes you find some little cool stuff, little, oh, yeah, little yeah, rare, yeah, yeah, yeah. rarities and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You have a, a whole track of merchandise people who follow the festivals. What do you think I should charge for original pressings? I have about 200 original pressings of digital dictator from 1988 that i'm going to bring on the tour right now it's you know larry and i are the original yeah guys carl passed away of course yeah. and we have a new guitarist and a new bass player but um i would say i, I would know, what do you think those are worth because you're you're a vinyl guy yeah i would say i think you can sell them i think you can get people to buy them for like 3.99 Okay, because the last one told me that I'd have to give them three dollars and seventy-five cents. So I just wanted to get a little more of an, you know, another opinion. That's great, Thomas. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm always happy to be of assistance. You know that, but it's funny when you look at record shops and you look at the prices of original prints, yeah, and reprints. Oh man, there's such a gap. Yeah, right? dear Lord, dear Lord, I. 
I couldn't even afford those original ones anymore. Okay. So you 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 can add some some zeros to this to this number. Okay. And uh, yeah. you're still gonna be in good shape, I guess. But it's always about three dollars and sixty cents. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 crazy how much value vinyl has gotten over the years. Yeah, and people are obsessed with it, man. You know, like some oh, people I'm love too. it. You know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't. Obviously, you know, sometimes I don't even unpack it. You know, I traded with this guy that I told you. I I I sold him some some Japanese Iron Maiden vinyls, and he he traded basically with me, and he got me. Uh, he gave me this this uh, Slayer Repentless box, which is vinyl and Blu-ray and DVD and CD and whatever you have in there. I didn't even open it. It's still wrapped. Oh man! And I'm so I'm so ah, I just want to get my hands on it and open it. Like, I, I don't know. I shouldn't do it. You know? No, I know you. You ah. you want to get another one. So that you can keep that one sealed yeah, exactly. and then open the other that's one. True, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm just going to unwrap it because I have to, I have this, uh, what was it called? The, the vinyl conflict, uh, the Slayer vinyl box, 10 vinyls, oh, the whole man. box. And I unwrapped it because Kerry King signed it. Oh, well. So I, but I unwrapped just a little spot. <laughs> So just enough for him to sign it. So, so you could melt and then melt it back together or something. <laughs> yeah. A little lighter or something. Which is really bad, but I had to do it like this. That's cool. And the life of a heavy metal journalist can be really tough sometimes. You know, My man, friends out there. When I think about Paul Bostoff and Slayer, it, yeah. rem- it reminds me of when he was in Forbidden. Yeah. And uh, we did this tour in 1990 with uh, Death Angel, Vicious yeah. Rumors, and Forbidden. And um, and we were in Italy. We were doing this doing this this really cool show in this really really great venue. And there was a, a merchandise booth that was set up outside the venue. Yeah. And and when I saw it, I was like, what what, what is this? You know, just vicious rumors shirts, forbidden shirts, death angel shirts. Yeah. And then they had a shirt with all three of our logos on it. And I'm just like. These guys have some balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to set it's up bootleggers. Yeah, just to set I mean it wasn't it wasn't just bootleggers like working out of a bag, like going up to yeah, cars. Yeah, it was a big yeah. stand. It was like a wooden stand, right? So so I walk up. How many shirts did you buy? <laughs> Man. Well that's the thing. I walk up to the guy and I go, Hey, what's going on? And, oh I asked him a few questions. I go, Well look, um, you know, I'm with Vicious Rumors. I'm just wondering like how on earth you got the rights and the balls to do this. <laughs> you know? And then he's all, Oh, I got a permit from the government <laughs> and and he showed it to me he, he whipped it out and showed it to me he actually had a permit from the italian government to steal our shit okay so anyway i did talk him out of five shirts and so and i still have those today but um i almost didn't care because one of the girls working there yeah was one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. Well, I'm talking Italy. Yeah. I, I mean, understand. I mean, she <laughs> was... related it. Her face and her hair and figure and just everything about her was like, it just mesmerized me. You know what I mean? And she was so sweet. We're talking this and that. You know, and I'm like, at this point, I'm, I don't give a shit about shirts. Okay. <laughs> Sell them all. Enjoy. <laughs> you know? And uh, But it's just funny how like, you know, 
something can happen. A small thing can happen in life and just completely like change your attitude about everything. I was mesmerized by this girl. She was stunning. And then but, pregnancy but, no. again changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but she, when she went to take her jacket off, she had more hair under her arms. Well, again, it's Italy. And I <laughs> had... I mean, I don't know. That was when, but way back when. Yeah, it was a while ago. Okay, but still, I'm from California, man. I mean, I know there's there, there's naturalists, you know. I've you know they're they're out they're out there too. But I just wasn't used to that, bro. But uh. that was that was uh, uh, still just totally normal in the 80s here in Europe. Oh, yeah, there's this uh, whole naked body without hair shit came up. Because I was in ready the 90s, to, in the 90s, I think. I was ready to forget about the albums, but <laughs> after the, the hair incident, I wanted the shirts back. <laughs> Talking about bootleggers, Iron Maiden are actually like suing everybody who's buying or selling bootleg vinyl and uh, uh, on the internet. Well, you know that okay so, uh, uh, in, on eBay and, and stuff. In that regard, I that's something that I really thought was brilliant about what Metallica does is that they just bootleg their own shit. Yeah, they do everything. Yeah, they exactly. they bootleg their own stuff and make it available. You can go to their if you're a, in part of their fan club, you can have a CD from that night that yeah. you went to. Yeah, and and True. they've even broke it down to that you can listen to them through. The, any one of the guys mixes so like <laughs> yeah if you want to if you just want to hear a really awful night just turn into kurt hammett's mix <laughs> or if you <laughs> no, I, thought I, you, I, I, was, I love kurt i was betting you were saying lost order but <laughs> <laughs> no man i mean and i and Wait, i did you, did and actually, i don't know that that's just what james told me the other day <laughs> I, so i i don't know at the show in munich did you hear did you hear lost order just playing completely wrong a couple of times man how will he when will he yeah. ever learn To play those fucking drums the correct way. Really? I didn't notice that, man. Oh, come on. Don't be... Don't, just, just admit it. No. You heard it, too. The whole room was like, huh? oh, my. Did he just do that? If there's any way you guys could take us out on tour, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> sign anything you might... <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. I don't know. I just... But I, but I thought, as far as the bootlegging goes... I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that's good. That's that, true. that they they do it themselves. Yeah, as much as they as they had a, a hassle with Napster back then in the day, which I understand though. Um, yeah. yeah, this makes sense. This you is can't, really this is really. If you good. can't beat it, own them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I yeah mean, no. that's true. There's one thing because you were saying like about the stand sending us right outside of the club. I went to see Ozzy once here in Munich. He played a club show, twelve hundred people. I had a ticket. I was was in the beginning of the 90s. I went there because partly because of Ozzy and because of uh, love hate opening up for him. Oh. And I used to I, I used to love them. Uh, love hate was just one of the best bands I, I know back then. Cool. First two records. So I went there. It was uh, this club doesn't exist anymore. It's not there anymore. Uh, it's called Theaterfabrik in Unterföhring, which is uh, a, just a small town just right outside of Munich. And we went there. And doors didn't open. It was summer, so nothing happened for a quarter, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour. We were waiting out there. And uh, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, those guys with the merch came out and just put the merch out there. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? You know, it just turns out that Ozzy didn't come. He canceled the show just right before the show. Oh, man. And so, but they, try, they were trying to sell shirts at the very last minute. 
just to just to make some money. Oh. It's, it's, it's just it's crazy, you know. And so you went back home again. Yeah, nothing happened. And uh, but they had the guts to sell the merch right outside, although they 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 knew already that the show didn't happen or wouldn't happen. Were, were people buying it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. You know? But that, how that do, sounds like something I do. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we get from from all the merchandise to the one record you bought and you sold again because it was so bad and you didn't like it? Well, you know, I actually when Concussion Protocol came out, <laughs> I went to the store the first day and bought it, and then immediately <laughs> immediately sold it to the first person <laughs> that I met outside. But that wasn't because I hated the record. That was because I hated myself. <laughs> which um, is different. Though. Which is... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Did I ever tell you that Victoria Principal almost ran me over once in L.A.? You're shooting me. No. I was in L.A. when Rainbow Records... I think you got to tell everybody. Do you... Re- I, under 35, you got to tell everybody <laughs> who Victoria Principal did, is. Did I just date myself again, Thomas? <laughs> I just put both feet in my gray hair. Okay. <laughs> Victoria Principal, yeah. one of the original Charlie's Angels, yes. very lovely woman, mm-hmm. fast driver. <laughs> and uh, there used to be this record. Do you remember Rainbow Records at all? In, uh, Ameri- oh, cool. American uh, record store chain. They were like a, a big, all the big Where cities. Uh, this is in Hollywood. It was a big chain record yeah. store yeah. In, in all the cities. Uh, no more to this day. But I was there. Yeah, man, I was just stepping outside. You know, I was on Sunset Strip, and our it was uh, our 1990, our first Atlantic album had just came out. You know, and I always liked wanted to go and you know buy one at the store. You know, <laughs> and um, you know with the big long cardboard boxes, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at the box and looking at the artwork and kind of not not really watching what I'm doing. And I'm kind of you know about to cross the street, and all of a sudden this like Mercedes comes whipping around the corner, and like you know, and so I. Looked and it, man, you know, I know Victoria Principal, man. <laughs> and that was her, and that bitch almost ran me over. <laughs> Did you say anything? Did no. she say anything? No, it was, I almost felt honored. It was weird. It was almost, it would have almost been a pleasure for her to run me over, which was weird. <laughs> so I was confused about the whole thing. <laughs> never, stuff like that never happened to me. You would, you'd be surprised who would show up here having a heavy metal band in the station here in Munich. Jada Pinkett Smith. I remember that. Yeah, she came here, and she had this metal band. They were kind of cool in a way. No, they sucked completely. But did still, they? yeah, they did. Because I saw, I saw her do like one song on the like on a talk show or something. All right, and I thought she was like, God, man, she's like belting it out like Dio or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, her singing was okay, but the the music just didn't make any sense. But oh. still, I. I I don't even remember the name anymore. I don't either, but I just remember seeing that. And I I remember like they didn't even really focus on her that much, like saying her name. It was just this band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I totally remember that. That's funny. Man, and she came here for an interview with me. (laughs) And she flew in with her private jet. Oh, yeah. And uh, all those promoters told me, don't you know talk about her too much. Talk about the, the fucking band and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Yeah, I can see what I can see what I can do, you know, whatever. Yeah. Turns out this drummer used to be the drummer from Fishbone. Oh wow. And so I had like, you know, I saw Fishbone just, you know, back then and uh, and I was like I was okay with him. Cool. And so I started talking to him. 
And so she kind of liked that. And so she was like, you know, it was, it was a good interview. But it's just, it's just amazing. You yeah, know? yeah. All of a sudden, this girl comes up with a heavy metal band. I thought she was pretty good. I mean, I, I remember when I saw it on TV, I had no prior knowledge to yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they weren't, and I think that was an overall strategy. She was trying not to make it about her. She yeah. was trying to just push the yeah, band. That's true. And uh, I wish she had some good songs, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, I recognized her because I'm kind of a movie buff. Uh, you know what I mean? So I knew it was her. And uh, and I was just focused in on like the way she was singing, and it was really powerful. I thought, I thought you know, just for that one song, but it's, it's crazy. I can't remember the name of the band to, to save my life. Velvet something? No, no. Velvet Viper something? Viper? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jada, if you're listening to this, thanks for stopping by, and uh, um, I'll see you hopefully soon again. Keep the metal strong, baby. New band, new record, better songs. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like Juliet Lewis, she was here. She had his her band, The Licks, and Juliet Lewis. You know, she's like, she's way out there. Yeah, I am. And she was kind of. I, I talked to her like twice or three times. I interviewed her, and uh, you you always got to be pay attention to what she's saying because she's so much into Scientology, and uh, we don't like that. Yeah, um, we don't. She was she was still cool about you know about everything. She was just kind of L.A. cool though. What about this like Johnny Depp thing, like? Uh, the the Hollywood vampires. Well, well, the Hollywood vampires, and I guess he sits in with Marilyn Manson and stuff. But I, I mean, don't know. Can he play guitar? I mean, it's just I saw I saw a video where he was uh, on stage with the vampires, and it, it was quite. He sang well, and he played okay. Really? Yeah, it okay. sounded actually quite good, amazingly good. But I think he can do this. But Johnny Depp sounds it, to me. He seems to me like to be like the late Elvis. You know what? It's funny to me because my perception of that is that everybody in the audience is there to see Johnny yeah. Depp. Oh, absolutely. And then Johnny Depp is there to see Alice Cooper <laughs> and Joe Perry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he goes like, "Can I learn something? Can I hold you know, your guitar?" I could see him looking up to those guys like, "Whoa, this is so crazy! I'm in a band with you guys." You I know? think I think they had a meet and greet somewhere, and uh, people just rushed by Joe Perry and Alice Cooper just to go and see Johnny Depp. Yeah. Which I can understand to a certain degree because, you know, he's a person that you would never meet in your whole lifetime. And even I got to meet Alice Cooper a couple of times. But still, this is just an old bunch of guys roaming around, drinking, uh, except for Alice Cooper, obviously, drinking and uh, playing some cover tunes. And them charging shitloads of money for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it works. I, and I, I have this weird vision of Alice Cooper being like kind of like the road dad or something. <laughs> oh, Johnny, put the pipe away. It's 9 a.m. for Christ's sake. <laughs> Joe, I told you to send those girls home. We have a sound check in three minutes. Yeah. And Joe Perry looks old, dude. Oh. Oh. Well, he is. He is. He is. Rock and roll is getting old. This this episode of the Heavy Metal Culture Clash is getting old, I guess. Yeah, that's getting... I think it's time to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> time to get down and dirty. You guys, you better tune in the next time when uh, Jeff, the vicious rumors mastermind, Thorpe, and... Uh, Thomas Metal Moser, the dark radio lord <laughs> of Deutschland. <laughs> Deutschland. You know what's, what's funny? Like this guy from Green Day... Yeah. He never can memorize which town he's in. Okay. Yeah, every show he goes like, Deutschland! Oh. Hello, Deutschland! Now we're in Munich, asshole. Deutschland! Oh, okay. <laughs> Still, though, I appreciate it, though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
We'll see you and hear you next time. Keep it heavy. Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Subscribe to our channel for more heavy rock and metal podcasts.